This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Haima Black, I am here with Jake Osman, uh, returning to the podcast. How are you doing, man? Let's get that mic I'm in good. front of you. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for coming up here tonight. Um, yeah, of course. You know, we're going to talk all about this great work you've been doing under your No Future brand. You're doing a lot of video work. Um, but how was 2019 for you? I, I felt like you were busy this last year. It was pretty good. I was I was pretty busy. I think that I could always be busier, I guess. Yeah, but I think um, that's a creative mindset like that you're always thinking, like, I should be doing more. Yeah, definitely. No, but it was good. I mean, learned a lot about myself. I feel like I always am every year. And learning like what's important, what's not important. But it was good. I'm looking forward to this year a lot. Like I'm definitely looking forward to this year a lot. What's on deck for you this year? Because we're going to talk all about no future and, and what this brand is and, and what you're doing with that. But like, bring us into where you are now. Uh, the brand is definitely a big thing I'm focused on this year. I'm really focused on, like, I think as an artist, it's hard to not compare yourself to people sometimes. Yeah. I think it's only natural. 100%. Um, the most successful people do it. And so I'm really focused on doing that this year. And just with that is just like I realize that more so than, than that or like being some contest or whatever it is, I'm more so focused on like inspiring people or putting artists of any kind, really, not just rap or hip hop, but just putting out good, fresh content on the channel branching and, out and um consistency and yeah just growing that platform but also making work that i'm proud of is like something i really want to do this year well you know you're a talent who i think a lot of people first became familiar with because of your work with vic mensa doing photo and video work with with vic mensa and on tour mm-hmm. and things like that you had these great iconic shots of kanye's stage setup kind yeah, of at the last fun great moment of kanye sadly yeah, i guess i guess so kind of huh <laughs> yeah i mean like that was the end of a yeah that was man. fun that was like all the stuff with vic was crazy that was after i pretty much probably not even a year after i took your class i dropped out yeah columbia and i started working with him and and that was amazing but the full circle stuff like that like like i shot kanye at summer's summer's end which is mm-hmm. in phoenix which is like right where i used where literally 10 minutes from where i lived like that was really <laughs> that had crazy to be surreal that was like insane because i would pass by there every day but yeah that was fun that was the saint pablo pictures though that was kind of the first time that i really realized kind of to the full potential of that i'm actually good at this mm-hmm. because i shot that on like a point and shoot and wasn't even really trying to shoot. Like, I was just, it was dying, and I was just, like, I was really just having fun at the show and running around. And, it's crazy you would never know that because those and, photos look so purposefully, yeah. you know. Yeah. Impressive. I mean, it was also really easy to shoot. It was a really easy stage to shoot and sure. looked good. But I guess the importance of them in terms of his performances and the per- type of artist he is now, which I still admire and respect, is crazy. I was just excited to get them. Sure. I was like, this absolutely. Is, I, I mean, I would like a portrait 
but I'll take this. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could have a whole separate podcast about Kanye West. But, yeah. And it's something I've considered. But, uh, but we're going to talk about your stuff. So how do you kind of go from being this, you know, visual talent who's really kind of like associated with, you know, one set artist to branching into your own operation, your own brand, and suddenly you're working, and maybe not suddenly, but like now you're working with a lot of different talent well, under this name No Future. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing is that I guess – it's not that I meant for, like, when I started working with Vic, the thought for me was really never, oh, I'm going to stay with this artist forever, sure. or any artist for that matter. It's no disrespect to him. That's my brother. But the more I did, like, I had done plenty of stuff with other artists before. I had done plenty of videos that weren't for Vic or weren't for plenty, like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that makes me think of when you first find someone new, say on Instagram, it could be a artist or something you're only gonna know what you found them you know you're sure only, sure sure you're only it's a sample size of what they might do unless it's someone who just started right but that was the thing that i noticed is that the more i did that people were like it was always the vic stuff and i was i would kind of get pissed because i was not even pissed but just like i've done so much more than that sure you know so that was a thought of it and the other thing was just i mean it, it limits you like completely to like the way I was working with him. I was working with him like every day. I was at the studios every day. And that just limits you. I had no like, I just wasn't working with other artists basically. So I recognized that really the idea, I guess, to have a brand where things live under is just that people, it's, I was fighting with it for a while. I was like, is that something I want to do? Or am I going to follow through with it? Am I just going to say I'm going to do it and not do it? If it, you know, it took me a long time, especially for a name, because that, I just didn't want something that I didn't believe in, and I didn't like the name, or I didn't like whatever. And then you're it is. stuck with it. And then I'm like, oh, well, I ran with, the, you know, I made right. this a thing, and now it has to be this. So I took a while to like come up with something that would match my aesthetic. I feel like, and and also a name that like means something, but also doesn't really mean anything. Like it's just a. You're not pigeonholed under that. Yeah, name. it's not like. I don't know. It's not, I'm trying to think, you know, those like undies commercial, the men's under mm-hmm. stuff like that. You'll see right. that are, I mean, there it's for a reason though. They sell men's, you know, right. boxer briefs or something. And so their name is undies, but they're not going to move into automotive but parts. Not, there's nothing else to go to. So sure. yeah, I mean, that was really the reason for that is that people connect to like a brand more and you can gather more people that way and also have like a, I think I just give it off naturally by the way I talk about videos I do or or what I post or something or just the artists I post. But, like, it's a place where people can feel like themselves and be inspired and feel like they can do the same things that I'm doing or anyone else is doing because they can. It's not, like, for me, I've been doing it for so long. So I think it's natural. But it's also, like, I started in my bedroom. Right. Mac, so. Well, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask is, like, how – because we're going to talk about your style in a moment, but like when I watch your reel and when I've seen your work, like how much that is you being self-taught, how much of that is you just doing hours of experimentation or did you have somebody who was like guiding you with some of this or or bring us into kind of how this became a skill set for you? Um, It started with my friend Josh when we were like 12 or something. His dad had a, actually he had a Sony VX, which is like the skate camera. Still is really the skate camera. It's just like everyone uses and we were just filming like random stupid things with it. And then I think that grew because I just liked putting them together and editing them and shooting them with him. 
And then that kept growing, and I started shooting shows and would just do it for free and then make a recap. And then I'd ask the artist, okay, next time, like, I'm in, I'm in high school, give me 50 bucks or something. Whenever. Sure. And so I'd keep doing that. But basically, I taught myself all on YouTube. I went, when I went to Columbia, the first two years, there was no real, like, I mean, I think that's how it is at Columbia, the way that their curriculum is set up. You don't really get into the things that, for example, directing or editing. I wasn't really taking those classes until, like, late sophomore year, junior year. Right. And by that time, I remember the day that I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I was taking editing one, and I had told my parents, I was like, I know. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, be like... No, I I get it, man. I'm not in editing one, and I'm not going to do this. You're not going to pay for it. pay for it, and I'm not going to waste my time. And I went in, and then... It was, I knew what it was going to be, it, you know, oh, file new project. And I'm like, I can't do this. And I call him, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I, if there's a way I can go to three, like, I'll be, I'll be okay. But I learned all on YouTube. And then um, I'd say, I mean, I haven't done it. In a, I mean, I guess every project I'm working on, like, you'll naturally just be messing around and, you know, try to try something new and mess with a new effect or new style or whatever. But... Yeah, for most videos, I just try to find an identity for the specific video. Mm-hmm. And then whether it's like color or comes through with the titles or whatever it is. And then I decide if I want it to be like, like some are more crazy than others. Some it's a lot some, going on visually. Yeah, there's, yeah, it just depends. But mostly I like, like my style for the past year maybe has been more so just like, just a mind fuck of <laughs> just like, um like just, just stuff flying at you and new things and. And uh, I find myself shooting on, like, a lot of different cameras now mm-hmm. since I, I upgraded to, like, an actual cine camera. So I'm like, okay, well, then I'll shoot on my phone and I'll shoot on this old 90s mini DV camera. It just mix a bunch of things and sure. give it personality. But, yeah, I'm pretty much all self-taught because, honestly, like, I didn't learn. There was nothing when I went to Columbia I learned that I didn't know. What's funny, man, is that, like, and and I teach at Columbia now, and I love teaching. And and the class that I teach, I like teaching because it it centers a lot more around like economics and finance. Yeah, your and like, class was and, definitely different. And I didn't make that class. I'm not patting myself on the back, but it's more business than it is like the creative crafts. But it, what you said is so funny to me because I, 2001, fall 2001, I've already been interning in radio for four years. I've mm-hmm. been interning at like major rock stations that were like now Kiss FM plays pop, but just for reference of how big the station were they were like kiss fm level stations yeah we were already doing at that station i didn't do really like the audio production work there but everyone around me was doing audio production on touch screens or in like pro tools even back then and i remember going my freshman year fall 2001 which was not even a fun time in general in america yeah but like going to classes for audio production 101 or radio 101 and they would sit us down man i don't even know if you've ever seen these maybe in the studios where it's the reel-to-reel yeah. tape, the yeah. physical tape. They gave us a razor blade. They gave us scotch tape, and we would practice cutting the physical tape, taking the scotch tape, taping it together, and that's how you would make a commercial. And I was just like, we're using Pro Tools a mile away from here. Yeah. Like, I already know this stuff, and I dropped out. Yeah. And the irony is that I teach there now. But at the time, I was like, I don't want to pay for a four-year degree yeah. that I've already in I've high already school went, gone. Like, yeah. I mean all the all the things after I dropped out that I learned were more valuable to me. No one's going to teach you how to do certain things that you have to be in cer- 
Yeah, no one's going to teach you things that you can only learn in a situation that you're in. No one's going to teach me at Columbia, hey, so um, you have to edit this video of red footage on your MacBook, and you have to send the final cut tomorrow, and we're on a tour bus, and we don't have Wi-Fi. No one's going to teach you how to do that. No one's going to... And that's just something that comes with doing it and learning, learning as you go and learning workarounds or whatever it is, because... Yeah, it's that firsthand experience. I mean, we were just talking moments ago in this room with Mike Kohler about the same kind of concept that like some people are self-taught. I'm somebody who had to go get a lot of experience because I was not going to learn it in school. And and you're the same way. And I think there's a lot of value. And I, I think there there absolutely is a lot of value in college. I'm not just saying this because I get employed by a college. But it's like some people 100% learn better in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Some people learn better on oh, the road, yeah, on the bus. There's some people are on mix. Totally you know? different everyone's a different learner. Like I'm so visual and that's, that's how I work best. But yeah, for me personally, actually lately, the past couple of months, I've been really, I've really been thinking about going to school. I've really been thinking about like, cause I'm pretty thirsty for knowledge, but I have a hard time like focusing in on, I need that, that, you know, you a teacher or a class classes. to be like, these are the basics of psychology. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. You know, now I don't have to dig through YouTube for the class, whatever it is. And I can find it on there too. But I've been really thinking like, okay, if if I do go back at any point, I want it to be something that I don't know anything about that I am interested in that is really going to challenge myself because... That's, that's the sign of maturity though. It's like growing up, and I'm only speaking for myself, I'm not saying you, but like growing up, you're just like, I fucking hate being in school. This is so boring. And then you become an adult and suddenly you, your brain is like, I'm not stimulated by enough things. I need new yeah. stimuli. Yeah. And I'm, man, I'm in the same boat. Like I'm 37. I've been doing audio for 20 odd years. It's like, I'm trying to learn a lot of new things right now. I don't have to learn them professionally. I'm fine professionally, but like, I just want to just for my own, so mm-hmm. my brain doesn't get fucking bored. Yeah. It's, it's so sad. There's a lot of people who are adults in this country. And this is pretty easy to believe right now. The last book they read was the last Harry Potter when it came oh, out. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of people who stopped learning after college or after a certain point. And I just think like, how fucking boring would that be? Yeah. I was like, I forget. I was watching some YouTube video yesterday and they brought that up. They're like, wouldn't, if you ask people what the last book they read was like, they probably wouldn't even know. Yeah. Which is totally true. I've been, I mean, that's one thing I've been trying to do is read more. At least this year is like just, read as much i'm a fast reader i'm i i'm i'd love to but i mean it's all the things everyone says but it really is gonna like it's gonna make you a better artist in ways you don't even understand even if you're reading about something that has nothing to do with what you do you're learning about how people design kitchens there might be some takeaway that you translate into something for your visual skill set yeah i'm finding lately that um this is like totally outside of art or anything but sometimes i've been feeling like you know i'll have a conversation with someone and i'm like man, I don't know how to say what I want to say or how I feel right now. And then I'm like, well, I need to read some more books. <laughs> I need to really read some more, you know, and and like... Yeah, it opens up your vocabulary expressive... And expressive... Absolutely, man. ...emotions and everything to be able to actually get across what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah. Now, we just got done talking with Mike Kolar about this great, uh, you know summit that he's putting together where he is demonstrating all of his skill sets that he's learned from over 20 years of audio production work. And you're talking about being somebody who had to learn a lot outside of school on the road through experience. Have you ever thought, even if it's down the line about like 
offering even like a one or three hour workshop or a one day workshop where you're like, because I know, and we were talking about this before the mics run, I know there's so many kids right now who their dream is they want to be, you know, backstage or front stage, like in the camera pit at a lyrical lemonade festival or something like that, or on tour with like Playboy Cardi or anybody shooting. And you have, you've gotten into that space that I think so many people want to be in. Yeah, I would be open to doing that. I'd rather just give it away, though, for free. Because I was watching this Earl interview, actually. He did this interview with his mom, who's like a professor. And he had mentioned that about... I wish I had the quote right now. But he said something basically like, why know every... Like, why have information and not give it to people? 100%. And yeah, I think absolutely. people think that a lot. They're like you know, a technique or something. Oh, I can't give you, I can't give you the drip, man. Can't, can't give, give you the you trade the so- secrets. And uh, it's like, why not? Yeah. I'd rather just like, I don't know. I'd rather pass it along. So I would like to do that. I'd rather, I'd rather just give it away. But a couple months ago, I was thinking about live streaming myself edit on Twitch. Yeah. So that's the thing I might be doing. But, um, I'm pretty fairly like, I'm pretty open to when people, when people like contact me, I'll like, for the most part, respond. Um, and I made a Discord for No Future. Yeah. So basically that, like, if I need help with something, I go in there and I'm just like, hey, can someone whip this up, whatever. Um, but I'm, like, always open to to talk or to, like, give advice or whatever. But honestly, also, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing half the time. And, and I think that's, like, part of it. I think a lot of people are like that. But you definitely have you have a strong base of what you're doing, even if yeah. you don't necessarily always want to... No, work. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah I you know, know what, what I'm you're doing, doing. But... But you're learning more. Yeah, I'm learning more. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, is that there's... I've noticed there's, like... Like, we were, we were talking about this earlier. The amount of, like, photographers or whatever that you'll see at, like, a that's, show... That's the new thing. Just that, like, 10 years ago, everyone wanted to be a blogger, and now everyone yeah. wants to be a photographer. And it's, like, even two years ago, it was like that. But now it's just... I mean, and I have no, this is the thing. I have no issues with it if it's like, if the person who's there doing it is really like, okay, I want to know how to get better at this. I want to learn. I want to, you know, learn everything I can about it. And I want to do it for this purpose and this reason. Because otherwise, it's like there's so many people now who are just shooting to shoot and just to like for clout or to get tagged in a photo or whatever. And get don't backstage. Know what doing or, and yeah. Just get backstage. And it's just annoying. And, I've stopped going to shows because of it because it's like I can't even – I mean, not entirely, but <laughs> – There's a Fall Out Boy song literally called Do Your Part to Save the Scene and Stop Going to Shows. Man, I love Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I know you love Fall Out Boy Shout too. out Fall Out Boy, I'm yeah. I'm a Fall Out Boy stan. My favorite <laughs> – My well, not entirely. I know you're way more, but – Sure, but – My favorite Fall Out Boy line is um, – oh, what is it? The Suicidal Doors one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only thing suicidal here is the doors. The only thing suicidal here is the doors. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great, great (laughs) line. But I think that generally, like, the more people who want to get into it and start shooting and and whatever it is, that's the thing I I realize now is that, and, like, you were mentioning branding yourself earlier, and honestly, I don't know how to brand myself. That's part of the reason I did No Future, and I, again, I don't know entirely how to do it, and I'm still figuring it out. But um, there's room for everyone to do this. If you know, like, and there's this scarcity mindset that there's not room for everybody. No, but there's totally room for everyone, and that's what I think a lot of directors or whatever it is agree on too. Like, there's room for everyone to do it. I don't mind, nor do I really think it's competition, and not in a cocky way. It's just that there's room for everyone to do it. There's 
like this is only going to get bigger. The internet and artists blowing up and stuff. You and see there'll be new platforms. Oh, there's going to be new platforms. There's going to be, they have, what's it called, Byte now. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just going to, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. There's artists who, I remember when Lil Yachty first came out, I was like, I hate Lil Yachty. (laughs) And I was mad. And then, and then I was like, why am I so mad? He's just having fun. Sure. He's awesome. And I love him now. But like, there's a lot of people who get popular or get, you know, a lot of plays or whatever, and they're just starting. And, I think there, there's room for everyone in any creative field, whatever it is. There's not like, there's, I don't think there's competition. Man, if you do, you know, a workshop, a, a webinar, a live stream, something like that, I think people would absolutely watch it. I would totally watch that, man. Cause I would do that. I would love to do Twitch. I, I think you should, that, man. Because I do play video games, too. I was doing it a little bit, but then I got like three viewers, and I was like, man, this... This it's a tough. it's a build. This is tough. Yeah. It's hundred percent a build, man. Yeah. Now you know, looking at um, you know one of the things that I was finding when I was obviously researching the interview, your reel from twenty nineteen. You got uh, Lucky Playboy Cardi, a whole bunch of talent. I mean, it's like three or four minutes long, and there's a lot of visual styles going on in that. Like, how many different you know? You don't have to break down every ingredient of the stew, but like. How much trial and error is that, and how many different softwares and cameras? Like I, you've kind of talked about this a bit, but like, I, I guess how are you approaching something like each of these projects where there's not one uniform look? There's a lot going on in these videos. Yeah, for that, the reels are kind of easy because you've already done all the videos throughout the year, so all you have to do is just put them into a montage, basically. But yeah, but even the individual videos, because it's like there's just so many effects, and they're they're oh, yeah. fast, and well, they most are of like... Them, I mean, all of them I do in Adobe. Is that Final Cut? No, Premiere. Or Premiere, yeah, 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 Premiere, I've yeah, been yeah. using Blender a lot the past like couple months with 3D stuff, because I just got this new editing PC, which has been crazy. And then I am um, I saw this thing last night about... I'm trying to learn how to code like Python. Man, you're not making anything easy for yourself. I don't know how to do it at all, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I saw this guy like, oh, I made this glitch program. To, and I coded it in Python, and I was the like, "The glitch oh, shit is can, really cool." Yeah, I was like, "Maybe I can find some way to to make a program similar that's like whether it's glitching, whatever it is." But yeah, mostly everything. It, I mean, everything is Premiere and and After Effects, and then camera wise, it's just uh, now I have a Blackmagic six K, but I'll shoot with like my phone, mm-hmm. or I have a bunch of little point shoots, and it just depends. Like my favorite one from twenty nineteen, probably was the Playboy Cardi recap I did. Mm-hmm. Probably by far, honestly, because I had... So I, I had this guy who helps me know future, the production, everything. His name is Beef. He used to do a bunch of stuff at Vice. He's just like a video producer and director, and he's done a bunch of stuff. And um, I know Cardi's manager, like, roughly, and I know he did too, so we got in touch with them, whatever, and I was the only one shooting it. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. And shot it and then went home and, like, edited the whole thing basically, like, that night or whatever. But right. just the style of it and the energy is, like, really lends itself to my style, like, especially Cardi, you know? So I was just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do as, I'm going to put as many things as possible in this video. Because another thing that really inspired me for that actually was, like, the amount of people on the internet who do Cardi edits. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole 
there's like 12 year olds who literally 12 year olds. <laughs> no, I believe I it. I believe it, them. man. Kids like a 12 year old and edits and he's like crazy. And if you're 12 years old growing up with Adobe right now, and old an doing iPad, like, he, holy like, shit. Yeah. I don't, he might've been a little older, but if you're that young messing with Adobe and you're that good already, like that's crazy. Right. So that was kind of an inspiration for that was just all those like fan edits. And it's really depends on the project. Like, same thing, the lucky things. Every time Lucky and I shoot, I basically just go home and edit it because mm-hmm. I like the Like, I love, I'm like a fan of Lucky's, but I'm also his friend and I love the music. So it's just, it's easy to go home and edit it. You know, it's like, a, it was fun to shoot it. And then I go home and it's like not even, a, it's not like work really. It's super easy. And it's just, that is like sometimes. Like with Lucky, I think Lucky's a, a big one, but there's some other artists that I'm like that with where I'll go home and I'll just be so excited about the video and just edit it that night and just be done with it. So a lot of them are like that, but there's some that drag on just because it's, it's, it's tough. So. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, yeah. Now, speaking of a lot of work, do you ever look long-term and think like, you know, maybe you've got like a short film or even like a feature length in you that you want to like – not that there's anything wrong with like the you know the music focus stuff and the recaps, but like, are you ever thinking you've got like a 90 minute film in you or like a yeah. 30 minute like? I just don't know what it is yet, and so I'm not. I haven't been thinking about it, but that got put into my head because I was doing some work with I was working at Havas with Jason Peterson, and mm-hmm. we were doing some stuff for the Yeezy. Like he did this We Got Love campaign, this like newspaper thing that we did. Mm-hmm. And they brought Tony K in, and Tony K did American History X. Wow! And they were, and but he's also done a bunch of commercial work, and is like also like a commercial, like a legendary commercial director in his own right. And so I was like, oh wow, this guy's gonna be crazy. And we ended up working, and he really liked my editing and stuff, and we kept in touch and started doing a lot of work together. And he said that to me. He was like, "Do you really want to be doing?" Um, advertising and all this this work, you know, and da, da, da. I was like, no. And, um, you know, that kind of got, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I want to make a film because I do, but I don't know what it's about yet. So I'm not. And there's not a time limit. I mean, yeah, there's no time limit today. really for me. Yeah. Really what it is for me is my process is like this year, I'm going to start reading more because I want to start writing more. Yeah. And then once I can, once I can feel comfortable with writing, then I think, things will come. Um, I'm like a really big true crime fan. So I've been like thinking that it's something like I want to make something along the lines of that because it's just so interesting to me. Like, I'm yeah, that stuff's captivating. I'm literally nonstop watching like true crime, like YouTube, you know, of like the guys who are like talking about the cases or podcasts or whatever. True like crime movies, podcasts films. are just like, yeah, man, I'm in the wrong podcast lane. I would love to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I mean, I definitely want to do something like that. And I'm trying to come up with some other concepts just like for my channel and stuff, just to not only do music videos and corporate stuff, you know, and like, but it's, it's a great thing to do in your twenties too. Totally. You're never going to have more fun at music festivals than in your teens and in your 20s. Yeah. Because once you hit your 30s, it doesn't happen overnight, but you start, like, you find yourself watching a set and being like, I got leftovers at home. I could be in bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'll, now I'll just go for, like, who I want to see, really. Yeah, the days yeah. of doing, like, a nine-hour music festival. It's, oh, it's no, like, I can't do that anymore. It's That's, a young man's game. No. And when I, was, when I was working with Vic, that was the thing that we are definitely, like, just moving with an artist, we'd be like, 
we'd go do the set, and then if someone was after us that we'd like, we'd see it, but we'd basically just be like, okay, sure. And I would always be like, I want to stay, I want to stay, but I mean, there's more things to do. I feel like there's a lot more to do than than stay. And I'd rather I'd want to go back and do the music festival again. I don't want to see you know see them performing whatever it is, right? Um, now, just one or two more quick questions, because, man, you've been awesome and generous with your time. I asked this for a lot of people. I asked this with Mike a couple minutes ago. Like, you're based here in Chicago, and I know you've done stuff in other cities. Like, what keeps you here as a talent, you know, and, and how do you view or connect to the Chicago music scene here in 2020? I love the scene a lot and the friends I've met here through it and everything. I'll probably end up going somewhere. I mean, probably L.A., because I'm from Phoenix and I can't really stand the cold anymore. <laughs> like I've yeah. really been like, it's brutal. I'm like, man, I don't need to be in this cold. <laughs> like I really just don't need to actually, I can not, I can choose to not be in it. It's that's such a mindset. And I fully understand it. it's a mindset of someone who didn't grow up in Chicago. Cause yeah, I've lived in I've Chicago my whole life. Came here basically. I, it never occurs to me that I could live somewhere that doesn't just have nice it. I've just accepted this. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, my mom was asking me, I'm like, mom, I think I kind of want to go somewhere else. She's like, where? And I was like, I just want to go somewhere that's nice all the time. Like, yeah. Phoenix is even nice all the time. LA, nice all the time. Sure. But I love this scene here because it's just, I mean, what Michael was saying earlier, like, even in the studio, like, the energy and the and the vibe of it is, like, not homegrown, but it's just organic. Like, my friends are genuinely my friends regardless of if I'm shooting a video or photos or not, like I've met them through it and they're, it's all genuine people. And I think that in a lot of other places, probably just LA really. Cause I feel like New York, those people there are also like, if they don't like you, they're going to tell you. Sure. They're going to be upfront so, about that. In New York. And LA is, you have no idea. So right. you could just be getting used the entire time. Or, I mean, that happens a lot in LA. So, Chicago um, people don't really have the capacity. Chicago They're people gonna, like, aren't let really you know. like, yeah. I don't feel like I don't really feel like that happens as much. I mean, if it were really up to me and I had the option, I'd love to stay. I'd love to have places in both places, but I can't do that. So um, it's, it's a goal. Maybe one day, though. Maybe someday. Yeah. yeah. What's on deck for you in the new year? You know, we talked about a lot of different things you have coming up. Anything we didn't touch on that you're looking forward to in 2020? Mm, just video, more videos and work and growing as a person and getting better at my craft and uh yeah i'm be dropping a lot of videos i'm dropping one tomorrow and i mean really i'm trying to do one a week but i don't know how it's a lot it's we'll see i have a lot stockpiled up right now with like some stuff with kami supposed to do some more stuff with joey and kami uh ron so cold probably more stuff with lucky tomorrow the one's coming out is this kid speedway for giotto and these two kids, Roadrunner TB and Roadrunner Savvy, they're from like Cincinnati. So I'm also trying to like really find like up and coming talent and build with them and build the channel and build and grow and views and everything and like build artists, not even from the ground up, but just give them a platform. That's you know? really important, man. If, so. if if everybody only works with Drake and you know what I mean, like there's a lot of talent that's being left out. So yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. The YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jake Osman, and it's J-A-K-E-O-S-M-U-N, Jake Osman on YouTube. People yep. can find you there. Man, I'm so glad we got to do this. We've had you on a couple times. I had you as a student, man, and it's really cool to see how you are developing your career and growing, man. I'm so glad that you are continually trying new things, man. I Thank can't you. wait to watch your film one day. Thanks, man. You know, watch your Twitch, attend your webinar, whatever it is, man. Thanks, Keep up man. the good work. I appreciate it.
Absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.